0: How's it going, people? You are listening to the Odd People Podcast, and I am your host, Matt the Cat. Today is episode number 75, and in this episode, I'll be talking with Susan Darwin. She is a very talented artist. She's an oil painter, and she's creating some important work, some of which is on display at the James Arnold Mansion at 427 County Street, New Bedford, Mass., The exhibition is going from June 4th until July 23rd. You can find Susan uh, on Instagram, Susan underscore Darwin underscore artwork. She's got a lot of amazing work that's going to be going on for a long time. She talks about it here on the show. It's a really, really good episode. Glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. Make sure to check out the Instagram for the podcast. It's at Odd People Pod. And the Twitter and the Facebook And you can join the Facebook group also. (laughs) Go to oddpeoplepodcast.com for info about the show and to purchase merchandise at the Odd Shop. You can also go to Redbubble and find Odd People Podcast gear as well. Enjoy the show.
1: I worked, uh, when I graduated from college, I moved to New York to work in publishing and I worked for groups of, um, companies that are called packagers. So they work with the bigger publishers like Pope Mifflin and Scholastic and big companies. And they do, you know, third grade reading, you know, cause you have to okay. do all the reading programs. So I worked on textbooks and, um, you know, math programs, reading programs, all kinds of different programs. And so over the years, it's, you know, that's changed, you know, publishing was a huge industry. We had like huge offices, huge staff, you know, photo shoots and everything. And I did leave it for a while to have kids because I was totally someone who, you know, gave my all, I stayed at the office all the time. And Mm -hmm. so it just doesn't, you know, mesh with having kids. And so um, when I had kids, I started painting for, as a creative, you know, outlet. Cool. That was the thing that I started thinking about and, and, and painting in a compressed way, you know, cause I only yeah. had three hours, you know, right. so I had to be prepared with everything in my head. You know, I had to think about the painting. I had to be ready to go. And then I had three or four hours to finish the painting before the kids woke up. So it actually formed this way of, you know, working a, you know, coming up with the ideas, you know, crystallizing what I wanted to do and then Mm -hmm. painting super fast without interruption and then, um. And so it actually really helped me and and having complete control over painting was great after publishing where it's like the editors, like, can you move that, you know, and other designers, you know, getting into your stuff when you're painting it, everything is your own. So that's what I do. So when I went back, I went back to the company that I worked for when I was in my twenties. And uh, digital had come in and they were still doing textbook things. And I started working on, um, creating educational materials that were truly interactive because I had kids, I knew how disappointing interactives were, you know, I knew, you know, things should be much better. Like a PDF book sucks really bad, you know, (laughs) and like the gaming, you know, gaming is this immersive experience and everything. And you look at educational materials and you're like, yeah, but how come, where is the, you know, Mm -hmm. where's the growth here? Um, And you know and it, and it was tough in the beginning because uh technology no one had the bandwidth they didn't have the devices you know so there were some things that was holding back that development of online materials so the company i worked for a small family company and the son um started a bunch of spinoffs and one was this publy um that put interactive you know uh, interactions in. I was there in the beginning and brought all of my, you know, publishing expertise and design stuff. And now I uh, manage a team of about 12 people of animators and we work on really fun projects.
0: Wow. That sounds cool.
1: Yeah. It's really good.
0: Yeah. And you're, that's good because your day job is, sounds very fulfilling. Super creative. <laughs> yeah, it's super yeah, we, creative um, and fulfilling. And that's yeah, it.
1: and and a few years ago, we worked on this, um, there was a competition put out by Elon Musk and XPRIZE mm-hmm. and Google to create an a, a educational program on a Pixel C that you could give to Kids in Africa who have never had any experience with any kind of technology, right. um, all in their language, completely like you know, beginning to end. You you know, can you educate someone? Can you give them technology? Yeah. And so we we won a million dollar prize and we wow. came in like fourth place in the global competition. And um, so that was pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, and that's the incredible.
1: Line that uh, yeah, that it works. Yeah, that's
0: that's awesome. So, can I guess we'll start now.
1: Yeah. Are we? I thought we were <laughs> yeah, no,
0: yeah, yeah, we're going. We're going. Um, can you tell the listeners who you are and uh, what you do? Not your day I'm, job.
1: <laughs> my day job. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's part of who I am. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm Susan Darwin, I'm an oil painter, a fine artist. Um, I've been painting since about 2003, I mean, always kind of creative, always, you know, um, uh, working with art and I, I'm, uh, my background is graphic design. I had kind of an interesting way into, uh, how I started all of this. When I was a kid, I, um, would study animals I mm-hmm. grew up on the, in the beach and grew up in Fairhaven. And oh, yes. studying fish, and I would have fiddler crabs on leashes, you know, and I'd <laughs> spend a lot of time observing. So I thought, you know, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I I love I must love animals. I should be a veterinarian. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So um, my my I started off in Fairhaven schools. wasn't doing well. Almost failed out in the seventh and eighth grade. Um, and then I went to Holy Family High School in New Bedford, okay. which was a small Catholic school. And it was right the last two years, so it was kind of, you know, it's right in the middle of, the new, I don't know if you know where Holy Family is.
0: No, uh, it sounds familiar, but I don't know if I know exactly where it is.
1: The Holy Family Grammar School just recently closed. It's um, St. It's Lawrence Church. It's kind of near there. Okay. And um, so when I went to Holy Family, it was like a new start. So I started getting straight A's, and I became obsessive about grades. And so then, when Holy Family closed, um, the the diocese said, "Well, any of these kids can go to any area of school, Catholic school, without testing in or anything." And so I went to Bishop Connolly, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to go to Staying because there was a rivalry um, <laughs> yeah. between Staying, Staying Bangers, you know, Holy Family. <laughs> And, uh, oh, they're so snobby. So I'm going to go all the way to Fall River because that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, to get yeah, away yeah. from that. So I went to Connolly and they told me, they said, you never would have tested in here. Your test scores are awful. Your grades are great, but your test scores are terrible. Uh-huh, all right. And then I went to Connolly and I got straight A's again. And I did. Re- and these were the Jesuits teaching at the time. They were so good. Brother Robert and all of these. And they taught you how to write. I did creative writing, but I was too late for art courses. Holy Family had no art courses at all. I mean, they oh, barely yeah. had a gym. I mean, it was it was one floor, six classrooms.
0: You know, the, <laughs> really principal, small on,
1: school. the principal on the um, loudspeaker would say, Susan Darwin, please come to the office. And I'd go to the office and he'd say, you've got to run to Goggins to get us coffee. because <laughs> coffee and get us some cigarettes and here's a couple of dollars for you <laughs> you like and i'm like doing errands for the principal that's funny and so then when i went to Connolly, i did really well and then i took my sats and they were horrible hmm. and so i went to regis college which was an all women's catholic school and um they didn't check sats and <laughs> it was a college professor who was like you're dyslexic you have dyslexia And then it all, it all made sense because Ah. I always did really well in school. I didn't test well. And then, so I was um, pre-med because I wanted to be a veterinarian because I like to study animals. Mm -hmm. My advisor said, you have to take some blow off courses. This is just too much. I'm like, no, I want to do it all. I want to do it all. Like
0: take take an
1: art course. I mean, just take a blow off art class. So I took art history And I did really well and I loved it. And then I took a studio art class and I started drawing and I mean, they're like, you're really good. You've never taken any art classes. And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, (laughs) you're a natural. And so I started working in that. And I thought everybody wanted to be in studios and everything. I thought everybody wanted to be an artist drawn to the smell of paint. Like I had one childhood friend whose father was a painter. And when I smelled that oil smell, I just, I couldn't get enough i mean like when i saw the art supplies i was so drawn to it but this whole um time i'm thinking i want to be a veterinarian because i love animals but really what it was is i love observation i love watching things i love you know spending time and getting into the moment and observing things so it's kind of interesting i I think of that a lot when you ask kids like what do you want to be when you grow up you know like didn't know there were packagers and in new york city and publishing and you know all all these you know you there's so many different kinds of jobs and
0: yeah yeah and your only uh experience as a kid is usually your relatives or people around you so i thought when i was a kid i thought there was only firemen police officers or construction workers because <laughs> <Right? laughs> that's yeah. what you in know, the
1: books that's what that's they what, tell you yeah Yeah.
0: like so my my grandmother was remarried my mom's mom so i had three grandfathers and that's what their jobs were my dad was a construction oh, right. worker so that was the example i'm like hmm, which one of those three
1: things <laughs> yeah
0: what am, <laughs> am i gonna, gonna be so did you grow up uh with a lot of artwork in the house or your parents I have a
1: cousin who's a fine artist. Um, My mother was always creative and much more as a decorator. Like her art forum was like, I grew up in the seventies. So we talk about odd people. My mother, I mean, (laughs) the wallpaper in our house in in the bathroom was pink elephants with tusks and and declined with a cloth with green carpeting in the bathroom.
0: Wow. And um,
1: yeah, which was really nice. And then some gold, spray painted mirrors. And then the living room was a, a shag and orange and brown shag rug nice with the paneling. And, you know, everything was, and my friends were like, this is like, they called it the Brady Bunch house. They're so like, this is so crazy. <laughs> and it was so cool. You know, like now I look back and like, she really had a flair and it changed right, over time, right, right. <laughs> but that was her creative outlet decorating.
0: See, I'm, je- I'm jealous. I grew up in the eighties. So oh. I'm jealous of people that grew up in the '60s and '70s because there was a lot of interesting stuff.
1: There was a lot of <laughs> in the no, '80s. Was
0: like- everything was all the cars were boxy, all the everything was paneling, and the houses brown.
1: <laughs> it's true, yeah, you know,
0: and everything smelled like cigarettes. It was all. <laughs> Everybody's-
1: Everything smelled like cigarettes. My my mother was asthmatic and she would be smoking in the car and she'd say, put the windows up, kids. There's a lot of pollen in the air. And She'd be smoking. We're like, we can't
0: breathe. You know? She pulls the car with cigarette smoke. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. <laughs> so you grew up in Fairhaven. That was one mm-hmm. of my questions of where you grew up because you, where do you live now?
1: I live in Millburn, New Jersey.
0: Right. I was trying to figure out what the connection was <laughs> with, right? You know this area. I'm actually on the Cape, but I grew uh-huh. up in Westport, Mass. Ah, yeah, I know so, that's grew I Grew up know. in this cool. very, very close proximity. To South each other. Coast. Yeah. Yep.
1: So I I moved to New York City after college, and and then moved to Westchester, which is north of the city, and I lived in Irvington, New York, for a long time, okay. and then. Um, moved to um, Milburn, which is near Maplewood, New Jersey, which is like if if Manhattan is the center of the clock, Westchester is 12 o'clock and Milburn is nine o'clock. So it's, okay. it's a suburb. It's 30 minutes into the city. I still technically have an office in the city, but we're still remote at this point.
0: Oh, all right. <laughs> but my
1: my whole family lives in Massachusetts, and we have a family summer cottage in in Fairhaven, so I'm always up in the area. Um, oh, cool!
0: Yeah, I like Fairhaven a lot. Uh, actually, yeah, it's a very lap, cool the previous guest of the show lives in Fairhaven. Actually,
1: oh really? Oh, that's yeah, funny. So
0: I'm very uh, busy in the New Bedford area <laughs> yeah. when it comes to guests of the show. So you have uh, different series that you that you put out. And I really, I was reading up on your Essentials series. Oh, yeah. Can you describe what that's about?
1: So the Essentials series is a series that's an ongoing series for me. So um, the one that I'm showing at the Whaling Museum right now, not the Whaling Museum, at um, uh, the James Arnold Mansion. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which opens June 4th is the location series. So that's a bigger 10 year series. And that runs from 2010 until 2030. Um, So, and as I'm assembling the catalog, I have a editor, a friend of mine who um, worked with me in in publishing for years. And she's like, this is so complicated, but for me, it's very clear, you know, all the series. So there's the location series that's going on for 10 years. And then so each year I do, um, so I did Locust Grove in Poughkeepsie, New York, was the first year. The second year is New Bedford, painted in 2021, mm-hmm. and I'm showing it now in 2022. And now I'm painting Lancaster County, which is uh, which is 2022 being painted, and I'll show it in 2023, and on and on and on. But yeah. as I go through these series, there's always this common thread, which is this essentials group of paintings Mm -hmm. Um, and the essential paintings are things that are essential to me so fish quahogs nature really observable things that when i feel i'm going into um the chaos of life or that i um get distracted or, or I always return to these essentials. So I feel like they're essential to me is these Mm -hmm. essential elements. So in, in the location series, there's always, as I go these different places, I'll find um, locust grove. I found these seed pods, you know, as in the winter, I'm looking around for things to paint and the house is cool and the view is cool. And then I find, look on the ground and I find these black locust seed seed pods and in yeah. the seed pods there are these little seeds and they look like they could just jump right out of the pod they have this gesture
0: mm-hmm. and like
1: everything is there like suddenly like then i i just i can get lost in that observation and so for me the only the closest thing i can do to describe it in words is say that it's essential so it's interesting cool. that you're drawn to those yeah you know, subseries kind of thing that's going on
0: So I feel like planning something (laughs) for 10 years is so overwhelming (laughs) to to me (laughs) because I'm so ADD brained that I can barely focus on anything for more than 10 minutes. I can't imagine 10 years. Right i would lose interest probably a few years in
1: (laughs) well you might if it was someone else's idea right what if it was yours and what if you thought and like i have um because i'm you know in book publishing i'm producing these catalogs right oh cool so think of how cool it'll be to have 10 of these
0: yeah you know
1: each each location has its own. And so Hmm. I'm capturing and and I'm deciding as I go along, you know, so I I can at any moment, like, I don't know where the location series is gonna lead me, Right. it's it's structure in the chaos for me. I have a big idea that I'm going towards. I'm moving towards it. I have these, you know, rigid things like there are 20 paintings, you know, always 20 you know, they're always painted within the year, I always um, touch on the seasons, I always do winter, spring, you know, like, uh-huh. but beyond that, like, and people will say, oh, you know, you bet for you should do this, you should do that, you should do that, it's like, yeah. I do whatever I want, Yeah, right. right yeah. you know, like, that's I do answer. whatever I'm drawn to in the end, so.
0: Yeah, that's like how uh, that reminds me of what you you asked me about before we started recording, you asked where the show comes from, why and all that, and, that's kind of how I feel about it. I'm going to talk to the people I want to talk to. I would hate to be mixed up with some sort of ad agency or, you know, they're like, right. oh, well, the shareholders would really like you right. to talk to this person. They'll shit all happening.
1: over you, you know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like I, I, it's the complete <laughs> creative control. That's, uh, right. that's awesome. Do you have all 10 years planned out? Do you know um, roughly what you're going to do?
1: I mean, I roughly sketch it out in dream. And I, and, and I have a rough plan and I don't really share it. I, the only person I share it with my, is my husband. Cause I'm like, right. you know, this is what I'm thinking by year seven, where I'm going to be. And he's like, holy shit. And I'm like, just brace yourself, you know, but if this happens and this happens, you know, it's going to, it's going to make sense. So, but wouldn't that be cool? And he's like, Yeah, it'd be cool. But and so he's like the fear, you know, like the fear, oh my God, she's gonna change my life. And you know, so I have to give him the heads up, but he knows more than anybody else that life has a way of changing. You know, when I started this, when I had the idea COVID happened, you know. So and I didn't have to have to pivot much it when I was painting Locust Grove, it actually gave me access that I never would have had before. Like I was painting in this old historical house, oh, because wow. nobody else was there.
0: Right. I was painting out
1: on the lawn. I hate to paint, you know, get distracted by people, but there was no one there.
0: Right. So,
1: you know, it's a very interesting kind of thing. But
0: yes, yeah, so it worked out, <laughs> yeah,
1: it worked out. <laughs>
0: So you're from Fairhaven, but why so why pick New Bedford?
1: That's very you
0: have 10 years, but
1: (laughs) I've got 10 years, right? Yeah. I've got 10 years. Well, I mean, it's it's an interesting city. And I think that I think that it would have been a little too close to home to do, you know, specifically my, my summer cottage, which is very, you know, it's almost like striking a nerve that's so close to my heart. Fairhaven also is very loaded for me, like, and I know it so yeah. well. Um, but the pros, like growing up there, my grandmother was a school teacher and spending time at her house. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew everyone's yard. I mean, like mm-hmm. I knew who lived in every single house. My brother and I went back after college and we were like trick-or-treating and running through yards, like in the middle of the night. And we slammed into someone's house and we were like, they put on an addition.
0: <laughs> so funny.
1: But um, so it's it's very close to me. Um, but New Bedford is a very interesting city that I felt like other people don't really know. And I did spend a fair amount of time. I worked in New Bedford. I worked at the Allendale Country Club. I worked at St. Luke's, I worked on political campaigns, you know, passing out flyers. And it has a lot of historical interest. And my first yeah. you know, wedding was in the in the Siemens Bethel and the Whaling Museum. And so when I thought of different cities to do, I thought doing New Bedford would be um, very. And also like we all, you know, we all love New Bedford, but we all know that it's been trying really hard for a very long time to like the fact that Mystic Mm. is a better, you know, like people go there like Mystic and you can go there for tourism. It's just kind of galling if you knew, knew New Bedford. I mean, New Bedford was much bigger than Mystic back in the day you know, in the, and the houses are amazing in New Bedford. And, you know, it's, and it's a big city. I mean, it has a lot going on SMU's down there and stuff. And so I visited in different times in my life. So it's changing, but certain parts are staying the same. And I thought that it would be a challenge to paint the different aspects of New Bedford. And I had recently been looking through some ancestry um, things yeah. and I found this article um, that was about my grandfather fishing in the 1930s and hmm. they were from these stories that I had heard like oh you know Grampy Moe's boat and I was telling my sister the story I said but I always heard the story like this and she said no his boat went down more than once and he rowed ashore and he couldn't oh, swim yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was from Newfoundland and the, and the water was so cold. He never learned to swim. He said it would just extend your life that much longer if you could swim, <laughs> just go wow. down.
0: That's crazy. But
1: so I already, I had some images yeah. uh, that, that I, I really wanted to work on. So when I first started thinking, and, I, and then I ran it past a good friend of mine who also knew New Bedford and He said, you're going to have to, you're going to have to make it a little dark. And I said, I don't, I think I'm just going to make it however it comes out. I think I'm just Mm -hmm. going to go and, and follow, you know, the things that I'm attracted to and that I want to paint and, and let it all flow from there. So in hindsight, I don't know why I picked New Bedford. Um, I'm really glad I picked New Bedford. I think that it's a really, really good city to pick. I think it's very unusual. I think that people, like in New York, I mean, they don't know New Bedford hardly at all. I mean, people just, and people don't care. You know, like that's the thing with locations. Like people have such a limited bandwidth for like, oh, tell me a place. Oh, that's so charming. Whatever, moving on. And that's
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's, uh, I think a lot of the people in this area, the area we grew up, we all kind of take for granted the history that is involved, right? You know, if you really look into it, that whole area of the country is just like just New England in general, and Massachusetts and the South yeah. Coast. It's it's crazy how much history is there, and, how... and even
1: before the people were here before. I mean, imagine the land that they lived on, oh, the coho, yeah, right, right, you know, right. the the shell fishing, and and just how beautiful it is, and and you can feel. Um, And, and they're, they're still here. I mean, they're still, you know, there's big populations on the Cape and on Mm -hmm. uh, Martha's Vineyard, and they still fish and work the land like they used to. And I just, I think about, you know, this, this place in the world throughout time has just been so magical. And so, you know, like, I paint quahogs like I've painted a lot of quahogs probably about (laughs) 25 and over many years and they're all different quahogs that purple changes depending on what you open it and and both sides of the quahog has like a mirror image on both I've done that I painted both the mirror image but I can get lost in the gesture of a quahog like nothing else I mean that's deep deep in my (laughs) sight it's a quahog
0: now is the time of the show uh, where I'd like to ask you some odd questions. Okay. If you're <laughs> willing to answer some, what is uh, one skill that you wish you had? Fly. To fly. Right. I
1: really, I really don't like uh, my, my children tell me that they're tired of me talking about the flying car, but really like <laughs> it would solve so many problems and. I would like to get to places faster and um, I think flying would be excellent.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. That's a good one. Where would you rather vacation at the beach or in the mountains?
1: Uh, well, I definitely have to say the beach.
0: All right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, have a fe- I had a feeling you'd Ocean. say that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that one's easy.
0: <laughs> so if you could choose any food and you'd have to eat this food pretty much every day, what, what food would you, would you choose?
1: Vegetables? I'm vegan. So can okay. I say vegetables, <laughs> most people would find that like really only vegetables, but I mean, there's variety in vegetables. If I could only choose one vegetable, it would be the potato. Okay. I mean, you know, there's a guy in, Australia, who just ate potatoes for a year and and fixed his diet and lived a very happy life just eating potatoes.
0: You know, I could probably do that. I love potatoes.
1: Love potatoes.
0: I actually asked my wife the other day, I wonder if I've eaten more potatoes, in actual like potato form or potato chips.
1: Yeah, because I'm kind of addicted. (laughs) But the secret is, is you can't have oil or salt with the potatoes. Uh, That's And really, I mean, a lot of people, oh, that's awful. But if you take mashed potatoes and you boiled, I mean, if you boil potatoes and you mash them with their own boiled water and you add in things like tarragon and, you know, garlic and stuff, it's delicious and no problem. Or boiled potatoes, baked potatoes, slice them thin on parchment paper, crispy potatoes, just not the potato chips,
0: right? not the fried
1: (laughs) potatoes. That's what gets you.
0: Yeah, that's the that's the problem. Yeah. The problem with potatoes. The
1: problem with potatoes.
0: So, what is your guilty pleasure? Is there anything you're embarrassed to admit that you like?
1: It used to be that I watched The Desperate Housewives. Okay. <laughs> And now I don't watch them anymore because they got so batshit crazy that <laughs> I just felt like I cannot give my attention to these people anymore. It's, it's, it's ghoulish actually. I mean, I, I really, I think that it's, it's one of the ills of society. I mean, I, I think it's so awful, but for a while and I had my, I had my poor husband would watch it with me and he just called it screaming. Are we watching screaming tonight? Cause it's just screaming.
0: <laughs> Why do you
1: say that to me long oh god
0: yeah my wife watches similar shows and she won't watch them when i'm around because i just tear into them the whole point t- I out just, how yeah, awful I, it is
1: right? yeah i sit
0: there and make <laughs> yeah. she wants to sit there and let it be awful without my commentary <laughs>
1: right i mean i i can't cooking shows i mean i can watch cook or or bar um bar rehab i love it right. I can I can watch um you know I guess that's my guilty pleasure now is um trash you know like um storage wars give me right. some storage wars on a day when I just want to you know crash and I can just <laughs> get into that like money you know it's just so yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: that's it. so you'd like to fly what is a superpower that would be extremely inconvenient to have
1: I would I would think that um, x-ray vision because you don't want to you don't want to go there with everybody you know like (laughs) sometimes you be like x-ray vision and other times you're like x-ray
0: damn you (laughs) clear out my eyes (laughs) yes (laughs) what is your favorite movie
1: uh my favorite I would say that it's Citizen Kane
0: okay and yep. I did a
1: painting um, from of Sam Simeon looking out of his window with looking down into the so mm. I've I've been to that the crazy Citizen Kane house. And I love that movie. I've over I watch it throughout different points in my life and. Still cool. good.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people that say that that is the best movie ever made.
1: Have you seen it?
0: I've never seen it. <laughs> amazingly I should watch it and I, i've watched a lot of movies i love movies and for some reason i've just never gotten around to seeing that movie so
1: watch it on a on a sunday you know at two o'clock you know when when it's not like because you might think that it's really boring but you can you know once you get into it and you start watching it you'll you'll understand what people say i mean okay. it really is kind of a an amazing movie
0: so, all right i'll give it a try <laughs> So where would you like to live, um, but you can't pick where you live now? You can pick anywhere on earth.
1: That would be really hard. There are a lot of places I want to live. And I have moved many. I've lived in, I don't know, how many states? Four states? Three states? Mm. And probably will live in many throughout my lifetime. I like moving. I enjoy moving and getting to know different places. Cool. Um and where would I want to live if I, you know, if, if, if money were no option, I mean, what yeah. are the rules if money were no option? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would probably no live in
1: Rome. I would probably live in Rome
0: because cool. I can
1: get to a lot of interesting places. The art just living, you know, I, I do love living in New York city. I mean, I do love it, but <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> of it's got its drawbacks.
0: Yeah, just- I'm sure. <laughs> So this is the question I ask everybody, regardless of all the others. (laughs) If you could visit any time in history, but just to be a fly in the wall, you can't affect change. You can't change anything at all. uh, Where and when would you like to go?
1: Hmm. Interesting. I think I'd like to go back to the caveman days when there are dinosaurs and people, you know, just sort mm. of, you know, observe, you know, what kind of crazy hell that was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know like foraging, like, what did it really look like? You know, like, what, yeah. is, what was that really like? I think that would be interesting.
0: That is interesting. That's a good, that's a good That's a good uh, answer. <laughs> so if you could have coffee or tea or a drink with uh, anybody, living or dead who would you like to have basically a conversation with
1: (laughs) oh that's so probably alice neal she's a painter that i love i think that um i think it'd be very funny she was very talkative she was very uh strong-willed she had she had um many many things i quote uh that i find her inspiring like she said um yeah so she's got a lot
0: of quotes
1: (laughs) you should you should keep on painting no matter how difficult it is because this is all part of experience and the more experience you have the better it is unless it kills you then you know you've gone too far very good I paint and I paint and I paint and and it it, you know painting is really hard staring at a a blank canvas you know painting what you're going to paint next and it's um it's it's a it's a difficult thing to do, but when I think about that, just keep painting no matter what,
0: you know, hmm.
1: unless it kills well. you and then, you know, you've gone too far.
0: Yeah, that's good. So what is your favorite piece that you've painted so far?
1: That is like asking me who my favorite child is. I have two <laughs> children, they're both wonderful, and I couldn't choose which one I love more. But the paintings, right. I mean, there, there are many. There, There's a painting that I did in 2000. In three of my favorite dog spot, my this dog was so cool. He was a rescue, and I trained him to jump through hoops. He could roll over on command. I'd say, play oh, dead, cool. put your head down, close your eyes." And he his name was Spot and he had a big spot on his on his back. He was kind cool. of a cool white spotted dog. and I was painting some flowers one day, and um, I just didn't feel it. and so I All thought, right. I'm going to paint a nice big canvas. So I started painting the dog and I thought this is a mistake to paint the dog. The dog is going to get up and move. <laughs> and so I'm painting it and it's going really well. And the dog got up to get some water and I thought, well, that's the end of it. And he came back and he laid down the same position and he looked up at me with those dog eyes and just put his, and I'm like, you are the best dog ever. And I finished the painting. And so that is one of my favorites.
0: That's just amazing that he, went back to the same spot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> spot went to the spot. same spot. I call it spot on a rug. And oh, that's uh, cool. I recently gave it to my daughter who lives in New York City now and and she has it in her apartment, but I painted it when she was a little girl, you know, and that's the beloved family dog. So that yeah. was that was a pretty good one. Um but there there are many of my favorites and I, you know, it's it's Having painted for so many years, when I bring them out or I revisit them, and, and of course you know I, in my whole apartments like you know everything's yeah. staring, you know I have a lot of <laughs> portraits and I painted a portrait of my husband. And um he would we were just you know just newly together and he said you should paint my portrait. And I'm like, you have to sit and look me right in the <laughs> eye. It's not easy, not everybody likes it, you know. Yeah so he sat for 20 minutes and I got down, you know, enough of it. And it's a pretty cool painting, but in his mother said, uh he he looks like he's gonna hijack a plane or something. <laughs> he looks like so, you know, it's so and the, so that's like in our you know, TV room, and it's this yeah. very heavy painting, but There's just a gesture of his mouth, the way his eyes are, you know. Oh, two of my favorite paintings. I painted my parents. I did a portrait series in 2010 where I painted people in my life and they had to sit and look me in the eye. Mm. And I painted them very quickly. They couldn't talk, it was a very intense experience. And I painted, um, you know, some art friends. I'd say, can you come over now? And they'd say, I'll be right over. And they sit <laughs> for me, and they like cool. can I talk. I'm like, no, you know. And um, <laughs> so, and and it was going well, well enough that people, you know, when I asked my father, will you sit for me? He said, okay, you know. My father loves to talk. He hates music. And, oh um, So I play like the Flaming Lips, you know, like <laughs> he battles the pink pink robots. He's like, wow, this music is terrible. And like, so I painted my father and my mother. And that was 2010. My, I painted my mother's portrait in July and she died in November. Oh, wow. And I had the show in December and um, her, she always loved New York and loved uh, and her, and the picture of the painting for the show was in the New York times. And she would have loved that. So I had the, the yeah. this painting and my father's gone now too. And they actually, those two paintings will be in the, the um the Wamsetta club show um of my parents they'll they'll be there because they were members of the Wamsetta Club for years, and oh, I man. felt like they should be there they It's kind of fitting that they'll be at this show but the you know the the shade of my mother's lipstick right. you know, the, the way she wore her hair. The, the, she has one intense eye that's like, what are you doing with your life? And one soft <laughs> eye, like, oh, Susie, you're so sweet. You know, like, so these portraits are so much more than any um, photograph, you know. So I'm, you know, very glad that I got to paint those paintings.
0: Yeah, that's really, really awesome. Yeah. I love that uh, a series of people that you know.
1: Oh, yeah. That's,
0: <laughs> that's really cool. Oh, very,
1: it's so intense, too. And I yeah, want to do it again. But, and it's, um and it's, cause I've done people that I know and I've done people that I don't know. I have my Hollywood series that are people like, that you, yes. that you're painting people um, that are so like Marilyn Monroe, you know, like what does she right. mean to me? Like, I don't know her, you know, she's a stranger, you know, but right. I do, like she's mine. She's yours too, but she, you know, so this this kind of like humans, but they're they're not our friends, you know, but they are yeah. definitely part of our lives. So I did a Hollywood series. Um, and so I, you know, Hetty Green is in the new Bedford paintings okay. and Frederick Douglass. They're both people yeah. that I know really, you know, really well, but I don't don't know them at all, you know, but they're right, right. very formidable people. And we and we look to these um, these famous people in our lives. And and what does it mean? What is our relationship with them? So,
0: yeah, and it's funny how some people really see Marilyn Monroe when they she's been gone for how long and people still she still resonates with some people and you're kind of like you didn't know them <laughs> why, right. why are you why are you so into them it we have a hard bunch hard. of Marilyn stuff in our house and our first apartment was <laughs> it's funny because our first apartment me and my wife moved into together we were i'd only been together for four months and we decided that we were both going to move out of our parents' houses and live with, with, wow. with each other.
1: All on the dice. So yeah. we
0: didn't have, we didn't like go crazy and spend money. We didn't have any money to spend right. anyway. We just kind of like had a bunch of hand-me-down furniture. And really the only artwork we had was stuff we had from our parents' houses. And my wife had a lot of Marilyn Monroe stuff.
1: That's interesting. Almost to
0: the point where you know maybe some other guys would have been like this is kind of a lot what
1: is, what is up with the Marilyn Monroe stuff
0: yeah there was, yeah. There, was there was a ton I mean, of there's, it.
1: there's something that about her and that and I one of the Hollywood paintings I did was Mar- she hangs over my bed I mean she cool. exudes sexuality I mean she's yeah. so you know and and she's so you know strong and vulnerable but you know so she's you know you, she she triggers a lot in all yeah. of us i mean there's a reason yeah. why she's stuck around in all of our heads for so yeah. long
0: we we still have a couple of Marilyn things and then we've added some other stuff like uh, anthony bourdain and oh that's great you know, yeah, yeah we have a lot of other things now but i just think it's funny looking back because we started with just whatever we had right and now it's morphed into like pictures of friends and pictures of our kids and everything's changed (laughs) House isn't covered in Maryland anymore
1: well things change yeah
0: (laughs) so have you ever had a paranormal experience
1: many in my family I'm known as having the gift oh yes I could find things so I don't do it as much as I used to use my gift but I have still have a few friends who will call me and say I've lost and they have to say it like that they have to call me and say I've lost my wedding band and I'll have a flash and I'll see it like really? in a paper bag I'll say it's in a paper bag um, it's not lost it's under the car <laughs> seat you know wow
0: and, that's interesting um,
1: and one of the one of the best ones was I I was working at a, a church sale and a friend of mine had a husband who had early onset uh you know alzheimers and he wandered off and she oh, came wow. to me and she said, I can't find Benny. And I said, he's in the church. Just go and look for him in the church. And she went into the chapel and there he was sitting there. Like I had wow. this flash that, that there's, he was, you know, it doesn't work all the time. right? And I can't, I can't win the lottery, obviously. So it hasn't <laughs> yeah. really helped me, but you know.
0: Yeah. Well, it helps your close friends and family. And that's, that's good. <laughs> exactly. Uh, in regards to, to painting, what advice would you give your younger self?
1: Just paint. Don't worry about it. Just paint. I don't, I don't know if I, cause I, I, I feel like it all evolved in a very natural way. And so oh, okay. in, in cool. the beginning, there was a lot of superstition like baseball players, you know, they have a lot of superstitions about when they're going to go up, they're chewing gum, they're doing different things. Like when I right. first started painting, I I only painted with natural light. I couldn't, you know, hear music for, you know, an hour before I had all these things that would go through and this, you know, or the paintings wouldn't come out, you know, and, and I lost them over time, you know, because things messed up. And guess what? The painting still worked out, you know, so I've lost some of those, but I feel like it's going through that whole process has helped me. So I think, you know, what, what advice would I give myself is don't worry about it. Just keep painting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. That's nice to hear that it happened organically. Yeah. Because I think some people need to hear that because some people try to push it. You can't push, you can't just, you know, make it happen. You have to just, well,
1: it's, it's, it's interesting, like what it, I think that showing up, you know, going to the studio. So when I had, you know, literally a little kids, which if you have small children and you're a mom, I mean, you don't have a lot of time. So Tuesdays, I would like 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 it's a doctor's appointment Tuesdays from one until five. I'm unavailable. My kids are sleeping and that was my painting time and I made yeah. it happen then. So am I forcing it? Yes, I am forcing it. I'm forcing that time period. So you're, you're creating the space for you to, to paint. And, and you hear that a lot of creatives say, just go to the studio and work, you know, Picasso said, you know, inspiration will come, but it has to find you working, you know, mm-hmm. you have to be right. working at it, you know, so there's a certain amount that you are forcing. Um, like I'm doing the series work, I'm doing 20 paintings, you know, and and yeah. so it, it's like, I've got to come up with the 20 paintings. Well, there's, you know, that kind of pushes me along to keep looking at things and to create a whole series. So there's, you know, a structure, you know, to work in. Yeah.
0: What is your favorite part of the process from start to finish of uh, a piece?
1: I think there's, there's all kinds of aspects that I love. One is that initial feeling that I know it needs to be a painting. It's, it's almost, it wells up in me and I know it. and, and, And it can be over years. It can be, I know that I want to paint something or someone and and it just wells up. And then there's the creating the time that's enjoyable. Then there's this arc that I I paint for like six to eight hours at a time. And and when I start, there's always this period like, give up. It's horrible. (laughs) Abandon ship. This is horrible. It's terrible. Don't do anymore. And I'll just work on a different section for a little while and I'll go back and I get past that. And then um, in the end, when it all comes out and you're bringing all those things together, there's no better feeling than, and then I can't look at it enough, you know, like I'm coming back, I'll take pictures on my phone I'm looking at it and <laughs> this feeling this new thing. So then, so that's a very powerful, great feeling um, to have. And, and then revisiting things over the years and still having that same feeling, like that you still love that painting after like 10 or 15 years, like that's a really, you know, powerful feeling. So there's a lot about it that I, that I love.
0: That's cool. So if you could give advice to anybody who wants to be a painter, what, uh, what advice could you give them? (laughs) Make sure
1: you have a good day job. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Find a good day job doesn't pay a lot of money. I mean, we were talking about before um, the podcast started that um, there's, I've found I've had periods in my life where I was working, just paint. I did a hundred broken shell series. It was literally a hundred shells that were broken. And I was sort of working through this whole thing and I was painting all the time, but I always had anxiety um, because I I had to pay the bills and, and I wasn't, you know, art is such a you know, a personal thing and it could be successful. It could be not be successful. What do I paint? Do I paint what people want? If you have a day job that you love and it can be creative or it can be something that just, you know, you can be carpentry, be the best carpenter you can be and then have your whole creative thing going and then no one's going to tell you what to do. You know, you have control over your creative path. Um, So, and, and make time for your art. Um, and, and don't do things that are so exhausting that um, that it's going to affect your artwork. But if you can, if you can make that happen, if you can somehow like I'm a designer and I'm a creative director, I work for, you know, children's publishing, which I love, which is very filling right. And a, you know, if I had that alone, I'd probably probably be enough, you know, yeah. um, but I have this whole art thing that's just insanely wonderful. And now I have this 10 year series that I'm pushing it, pushing and pushing it. Um, and then it, at some point I won't have that day job and then I'll be just doing the painting and, and I want to live, um, I'm vegan. I exercise, I do everything so that I can yeah. live a long life. I want to live to 120. That's my goal. Not cool. Hard.
0: Yeah. I'll, I hope you can do it. <laughs> um,
1: but if you, if you live that long, God willing, you live that long. That's a lot of years. That's a lot of time. Yeah to do a lot of painting and a lot of working. So make hay while the sun shines, you know, if you have right. a job, make the money, pay the bills, get that stress off of you. And then don't don't waste your time on the sofa. Don't waste your time, you know, like doing, you know, bullshitty things, you know, put your energy into your art and your family. I mean, there is enough time in the day. There's totally enough time in the day. Um, and it's so worth it because There's nothing, there's this one artist, um, Portuguese artist, and her name is uh, Paula Rego. And she said, there's there's nothing in life worth doing than working. Working is the only thing worth doing. And that applies to family, relationships, to friends, to art, to work. Just do the work. There's nothing more gratifying than working. Just work. And like we've, when we grew up, we were always trying to get out of work. You know, like, how do I get right. out of work? Is it the weekend? <laughs> it was the weekend when I don't have to work. You know, like, get to a place where you enjoy the work or, yeah. or the work is taking care of something for you. And then do the work. You know, wash yeah. the dishes. It's work, you know, but the dishes are clean when you're done. It's worth it. Yeah. You know, just
0: do it. And just, just do, do it. Just do the work. Just get just it over with. Work. <laughs> <It's easy. laughs> and then continue doing the things you love on the side. Absolutely. That's really good advice i'm gonna i'm taking it in <laughs>
1: oh good. good good good
0: so what are the dates of your exhibition in bedford and where is it
1: okay so it's at the james arnold mansion which uh for years was the wamsetta club on county street um so now it's a historical place james Arnold was a great um he started in, our, the uh, I think the Harvard Arboretum. Um, he started in Bedford and it went to Harvard and now it's part of this Arboretum that's you know in Cambridge. He was a really interesting man. Um, so it's presented by the Wamsetta Club and uh, that's 427 County Street. We all know where the Wamsetta Club is, plenty of parking. Um, you'll walk right in, you'll see it. it's in, in a big room on the left. Um, The dates are June 4th is the opening Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the reception. uh, I'll be there for the opening reception three to seven. Come by, see the paintings. I have a lot of signings. I I did a a catalog for the show and I, and I took out pieces of it where I write my artist statement. So you can, if you're someone who likes to go to an art show and just look at all the art, that's totally fine. That's what I do. I don't read the stuff, but. I did write all of the stuff because there is some background and why I've done these um, series. And, and even people who are not familiar, familiar with New Bedford, I had a friend write uh, a short, you know, essay about New Bedford because it is, you know, as we all know, there's a lot going on in New Bedford historically. And even currently, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, fishing and everything. So you can come to the exhibit. You can read if you want to. Or you can come and look at the paintings and visit me there. And then it's um, it's up until July 23rd. So it's up for a while. Yeah. Um, visiting is Wednesday through Saturday, 12 to 5. But call ahead because the Lam Club does have, um, you know, they have events or they have funerals and things. So if you, you, yeah. know, you get there and there's a funeral going on, you <laughs> might not be able to see the paintings. But generally it's, it's, it's open. And then after you see my paintings, you can go downstairs to the New Bedford Glass Museum. Have you seen the New Bedford Glass Museum?
0: No, I haven't.
1: It's outrageously cool. I mean it is it's downstairs where there used to be a bowling alley at the Wamsetta Club. It was kind of a cool place, but not much going on the past few years. And 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 this guy, I forget his name. Um, he really did an impressive job putting in all of these cases, and um, it's very interesting. Cool. See both those things.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome. And you're going to be there uh, June 4th. June 4th. Cool.
1: You'll have to come by.
0: Yeah. Meet me uh, in person. Yeah, I would love to. So, uh, where can someone purchase your work?
1: They can contact me, and um, <laughs> they can they can buy it at the show. They can buy it, you know by email any way they want venmo paypal (laughs) cash
0: (laughs) Cash. cool i don't uh, put
1: any limits on people buying my
0: artwork oh yeah why would you you (laughs) so uh what's the best way to contact you
1: probably email mail at susandarwin.com if you go to my website you'll see there's two ways of contacting me there it has my and it's uh SusanDarwin.com. Very easy. Cool. Um, I'm also active on Instagram, Susan underscore Darwin underscore artwork. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm a little bit on Facebook, and there is a Susan Darwin artwork on Facebook. uh, But not much. And Twitter, I mainly use for my professional stuff. All right. Um, Sometimes for my artwork.
0: Yeah, I have all that stuff to I never go on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> on I periods find periods it...
1: where Twitter is interesting, and then other times where I can't. You know, it's a lot.
0: Yeah, I can't make any impact on Twitter, so it's just there. It exists.
1: <laughs> Who knows? You could go viral. You could have a yeah. fun thing. <clears> I like,
0: could say something Whoa. very witty. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much for. Uh, joining me today i really really appreciate it i hope to make it on uh, june 4th i hope all the listeners will go down and go and check it out
1: yes check it out check out the show thank you matt this was really fun
0: that was fun that was a good uh a good time i had a good time talking to susan uh, she was great her latest work is uh, on display like we had mentioned multiple times, June fourth through July twenty-third, as she said just a minute ago, <laughs> uh, she was a great guest. She was so full of knowledge, and so gracious and so nice. Uh, it was it was really a pleasure talking to her. So thank you to Susan for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm so gra- grateful for her time and for. Her, talking to me uh, it was it was a lot of good it was a lot of fun it was great uh, I'm also grateful for you my odd people thank you odd people um, for joining me today and listening to the show uh, hopefully you get a chance to go see Susan's work hopefully you got a chance to meet her on Saturday if, if you were able to make it out there and I, that's all I really need to say to you guys I just Very grateful you guys tune in. I'm happy everybody is digging the show and we appreciate you guys. I can't say it enough. So stay creative, stay inspired, and as always, stay odd.